grace enough to break the cords of death that clung to me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Good to have everyone here tonight. 
Uh, go around and greet your family of faith this evening. during the you I bet. All right. Well, good evening, everybody. It is good to have you. We'll take up tithe and offerings. So if you have, uh, if you have some giving tonight, you can go and prep that. Offering envelopes and chairs in front of you. Um, that I saw Al, that way of telling everybody to flick the lights. I'm just going to buy an air horn. And just, oh, we know it's time to sit down. I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Well, okay, so am I allowed to tell a story before offering? It has nothing to do with offering? I know, I'm killing the moment, I think. So when I was a youth pastor, that just maybe remind me of something about the air horn. So when I was a youth pastor, one time I did an overnighter and we went paintballing in the morning. So it was like 40 to 50 of us paintballing. That's a whole other story. But so it's like we had to get up early because I was going to do devotion, then go paintballing. Got to put Jesus in there somewhere, right? So, um, so I wanted to get everybody to get up at like 7:30. Well, you know, teenage boys ain't happening. So I got like 40 or 50 boys sleeping on the floor in the youth center. So, so I'm going to wake these kids up. So to start service, so everybody knew it was time to start. I had this horn that went like a foghorn. I turned it up as loud as I could on the sound system, and I hit that horn, and you thought the rapture. I mean, these kids were like, whoa, and they're jumping, and they're, it was pretty funny. But anyways, uh, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't do that to you, maybe. All right, so tithe and offering. I'll just pray over it, and, oh, by the way, I'm going to tell you, I'll, I'll tell you again, Sunday, the Easter offering, we had... Thanksgiving offering. We don't do an Easter offering, do we, here? Well, if you want to. Oh, you want to do one? Oh, boy. Anyhow, Thanksgiving offering, over $10,200 came in. So that's, that's amazing. And so thank you for your giving, your faithfulness. And that's a giant step towards dealing with our roof. And also, uh, we got... Uh, do a little renovation on our, our renter's roof, too. Some of their shingles need replaced. So anyways, thank you for that. And I'll announce that again on Sunday. But you're, you guys are so faithful, and we appreciate it. So I just pray for giving. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to come to your house and, and just be in worship. And 
Lord, we just thank you for your faithfulness as you are teaching us to be faithful and for your provision and you're teaching us to be givers, Lord. And we just walk in your ways to be, become like you in all things. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. We all say amen. Bring it on down. So announcements, don't forget. Coming up this coming Saturday, 9 a.m., men's breakfast. Mike was just telling me the food layout, pancakes, biscuits and gravy, sausage, bacon. So come on out. It's going to be a good time. 9 a.m., at the church this Saturday. No, ladies, you're not allowed to come. Uh, just the way it is. So um, it'll be a good time. We'll, we'll be here for probably from 9 to 10-ish, 10, 10, 10, 15, maybe. I just want to talk to you guys about some guy stuff, and what does that mean? We'll come find out. Also, a Christmas party, December the 19th. That's a week from Sunday, right when church is over. We're heading over to the Miller's Event Barn, okay, and and they're graciously allowing us to have us there. They're actually providing the food for us. They're just being incredible hosts for us. So uh, there's going to be uh, some cookie decorating for the kids. I think Kenzie's got something else to do for the kids. Now, for the adults, for fun, they wanted to do a white elephant gift exchange. Okay? So if you want to participate, you can. Um, kind of a simple rule on this is you, can get, you cannot spend more than five bucks. That's a limit, so everybody can be involved. So that means everybody go over to the Dollar Tree here in town and get something, okay? If you want, I'm just telling you, that way we keep the expectations low, and then we have fun. Now, if you find a piece of junk around you, even at the Dollar Tree? Everything's a buck. You can buy five things at Dollar Tree. So you can buy three things at the Dollar Tree. <laughs> okay, how many all vote for ten dollars? Or less. Or less. Or a piece of junk you find in your basement. One or two. That, that's actually white elephant to me. The general rules of white elephant: you don't buy nothing. You find something laying around your house or your yard, and you wrap up and you bring. So. Can I tell you another story? This is another youth ministry story, but it involves the white elephant gift. This is a true story. So we did one with the youth group one time, and I told them, you can't spend money. It's got to be just something, just something dumb, something fun, right? But I put two legit gifts in the circle. So I had two youth staff standing. And all they were were like $25 gift cards or something. So... I got this giant room of kids, and, and I'm doing this right-left thing. It's not the one where you pick one, you can steal it. It's the right-left game where you go, and, and you end up, and at the end of it, you open. So we're, they're passing all this stuff, and I'm watching. I'm, I'm announcing the right-left thing. And when I'm done, they start opening this stuff. They're laughing. I hear this kid. He's just going crazy. He's, like, jumping around. He's so excited. I'm like, okay, either somebody brought something, whatever, or he got that gift card and thinks it's great. So I'm... The more I'm looking, he's got a box, and it was, uh, I don't even remember what it was at the time. It was either an Xbox or a PlayStation, one of the brand new ones that had just come out before Christmas that you couldn't find, right? And he had this box, and he's like, you know, he, he just won a, a PlayStation or Xbox, right? And I'm thinking, uh, there's no, I didn't put that in there. And there ain't no way one of these kids, so... The kid that did it was laughing at him. And he walked in, he said, open it, open it. And he opened it, and inside it was a rock. So this kid thought he got the newest PlayStation, Xbox, whatever it was, at Christmas. Oh, and then he starts crying. And he's literally starting to sob. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, you've got to be kidding me. So I'm like, okay, whatever. And we got him home. Next day, I get a call from Mom. And mom's not happy. And so the white elephant, it's just fun. I want any of your moms calling me the next day, all right, <laughs> upset at me because of what you got. Now, the good, good story is some of my youth staff went together and bought him the game system. So whatever, he won out anyhow. But white elephant, can, we, we had a white elephant one time with the youth staff, and somebody wrapped up a live mouse. That was, that was interesting. So that's why I said whatever you find around your house, your basement. Or 10 bucks, whatever. Okay. 
Christmas Eve service, December 24, 630, youth lock-in. Uh, Josh wasn't feeling well, and Miss Samara wasn't also, so pray for people uh, that aren't feeling well. But youth lock-in, uh, see Josh for details about that. 21 days of prayer, we're kicking off the new year with 21 days of prayer. We're going to consecrate our year to the Lord. So January uh, 2nd through the 22nd, we're going to have 21 days of prayer. We'll give more details about that. And also keep this in mind, put it on your calendar. Uh, February the 11th, I know I'm talking next year, but it's coming. February 11th and 18th, we're doing two Friday nights called Marriage Nights. So 7 to 9 each night with child care. We're going to talk about marriage. Amen. So uh, come on out for that. We'll have sign-up sheets just to let you know about that. And uh, ladies, uh, gentlemen, your wife should not have to bug you to come to marriage nights. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right, get your Bibles out. And we're going to be talking second week on the book of Psalms. But let me say this before we get into it. If you want, a, if you want an easy-to-read very good look at the book of Psalms. This is a book called Open and Unafraid by David Taylor. Pick this up on Amazon or somewhere. This, this, this is a great, it's a wonderful uh, overview of the book of Psalms. It, it's theological a little bit, but it's not like theological in such a way. It's a hard read. You don't have to chew through this thing. It's an easy read. So if you want to go deeper in the study on the book of Psalms and what I'm doing, you can check this book out. It, I, I've read it. And it's, it's a good resource. So it's called Open and Unafraid by David Taylor. Find that uh, on the internet and buy. It's like 12 bucks or something. Anyhow, the book of Psalms, second week. Like I said last week, I think it's important. Not only that we read the book of Psalms, we learn how to pray the book of Psalms. And for those of you so inclined to learn how to sing in the book of Psalms when it strikes you. The, the, the Psalms say, sing to the Lord a new song. Amen. And... But our prayers and what we do in expression to God need to be rooted in the Word. Now, we charismatics like to freelance everything, do we not? Very, very flowy in the spirit, which is fine. That's fine until it's not fine, if you know what I'm saying, okay? Um, so the more rooted you are in Scripture, the, the better your freelancing is going to be, if we can put it that way. Okay, so if, if you learn how to pray the Psalms, it teaches you because of the wide range of emotions that are discovered in the Psalms and the situations that we have in the Psalms, it teaches you about life in general. So last week we talked about uh, praying the Psalms. Um, uh, but by the way, in the New Testament, so we think of sometimes we think of the Old Testament, we think, well, it's Old Testament. In the New Testament, the Psalms are referenced nearly 200 times. So, so th this is carries through. And, and in, in the early church, and certainly in, in Judaism, I mean, the, the Psalms are the prayer book. They're the song book. They did well tread, if you want to put it that way, thousands of years. So when you, when you pray, as we said last week, let's say you, you pray Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. You are walking on a well-tread path. It's probably well-tread. It's like the Grand Canyon. You know what I'm saying? It's like the Grand Canyon was dug out by the rivers. It's like the, it's dug out by the paths of people walking on Psalm 23. It's a solidarity with the history of those who believe and trust in God. The Lord is my shepherd. And we're tethered to our history. It, Christianity, your faith, is not something you make up as you go along. It has been given to you. You've been entrusted with it. You, you nuance it, you figure it out in your life, you follow Jesus, and then you in turn do what? As you can, you pass it along. You're a light to the world, but in, in, in your, your family, you pass it along. So our kids' church is not just fun and games time. We're trying to pass along the faith that we have received and we're entrusted with. And so when you're rooted in the scriptures, it helps keep you tethered to the historical faith that we've been given. It's not Gumby. We don't get to make this. How many of y'all are old enough to remember Gumby? Gumby's this little green dude that you can you pose him around. Okay, so Fantastic Four, one of the guys in there is like Stretch Armstrong. What's his name? Is it Stretch Armstrong? Is that right? Anyway, it ain't, it ain't that. It is, it's been given to us, right? And we don't get to do what we want with this, right? And then we're entrusted with it. And we pass along. 
So the more you are rooted in the scriptures, the more you know you're within the historical standing of the church. So the Psalms is a great thing to have and pray. So I encourage the daily reading of the Psalms, uh, you know, depending on your time, what you're doing. I think it's good. Um, but one thing about the Psalms I, I mentioned last week, so I'm, I'm going to bring this up before we talk about our actual topic. The Psalms is full of poetry. So I want to talk to you about that for a second because it's important you see that. So how many of you guys uh, remember literature class in high school? Okay. You probably in literature class covered different genres of writing, different kinds of writing, right? The Bible has several different genres of styles of writing in it. It's not just straight prose through it. There, there is uh, historical narrative. There is uh, uh, apocalyptic writing. So next year we're going to do Revelation for, for a while. That, that's apocalyptic writing, okay? Uh, you, you have uh, wisdom writing. You have the uh, Job, uh, Proverbs, okay? And, and you have poetry. And by the way, the prophets, uh, the, the prophecies you see in Isaiah in different places like that, a lot of times you don't know it because the English don't bring it over a lot. It's a lot of times it's poetic in nature. The Psalms is full of a, a prof, or poetry. So the reason it's important to understand that is because as you learn in literature class, you don't read poetry the same way you read historical narrative. And you don't read poetry the same way you deal with a scientific equation. It does something different. So I don't know about you, but if, if I don't read poetry, I'm not an expert on it, but just to say this, if I was to read poetry, it slows you down. You, you don't just burn through, you don't speed read poetry. You can't. It slows you down. And, it, and it's getting inside of you in a certain way. So, so poetry... Uh, often contains metaphor. Metaphor, here's a definition of metaphor. Metaphor is a figure of speech in which a word or a phrase is applied to an object or an action to which it is not literally applicable. So, to say that, to say this. The Lord is my shepherd. That's a metaphor. Is God literally a shepherd? No. He ain't walking around tending sheep. Even when Jesus was here, his dad was a carpenter, chances are he was a carpenter in trade. He was not a shepherd. So it's a metaphor that opens your mind up to new understandings of who God is and what he does and what he's about. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. Is God really a rock? No, but it's talking about the stability and strength of his character. So poetry with metaphor gets inside of your imagination to see and understand God in different ways. The Psalms are like that. I, I was talking Sunday about prophetic imagination. Margaret told me afterwards, she said, I don't like when you use that phrase. I'll explain that a little more Sunday. But, but it's getting inside you, in other words, to open up the possibilities of who God is, and sometimes that takes your imagination to get outside the box of your life. Right? So poetry helps you do that, slows you down, and it opens you up to possibilities about God. So uh, the example we used last week, and is, this is metaphor too, um, your love, O oh Lord, it, it reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Your, your righteousness is like a mighty mountain. Your justice, Lord, is like the great deep. So is God's justice really like the ocean? Or is it the ocean? No, but is it like the depth? Well, sure. Is, uh, is God, his, his love, is it only just reached to the heavens? No, his love is everywhere. But it's, it's, it's opening up. If you look up and look out to the heavens and see the stars, you go, oh, my goodness, the expanse of it. God's love is, is, is that much at least. See how it starts to open your mind up to who God is. So the Psalms are full of things like this. So full of poetry. So when you read the Psalms, don't speed read it. It's trying to open this up to get in here. Okay, you see what I'm saying? So, so Psalm 23, all, all, all of the imagery of Psalm 23 is trying to get somewhere in you. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not what? He makes me lie down in green pastures, 
and he leads me beside quiet water. So that's the image of the sheep. But he literally does not make me lay down in the grass by a stream somewhere. Though I would encourage you to do so. It'll be good for your soul. Okay? But he doesn't make me do that, but it's imagery of, of the restoration of your soul, which the psalm goes on to say. He literally doesn't sit me down at a table in the presence of my enemies, though that would be okay too. But it's the imagery that's opening you up to what God is doing in the midst of your troubles. God has never literally came out of the heavens and dumped oil on my head. He anoints my head with oil, but it's symbolic of what that means. You see what I'm saying? So the poetry of the psalms opens you up to understandings to see God in certain ways. So, so the psalms are like that. So the aspect of the psalms I wanted to get into tonight is joy. Now, I know you all wanted to jump into the old imprecatory psalms and enemies thing. We'll do that next week. But I wanted to start off tonight with joy, okay? Remember, God, God is deep and God is wide. And it'd be an adventure to get to know him as much as possible in the state that we have of life right now. Amen? So the joy of the psalms. So the psalms can teach us about the joy of the Lord. Now, now joy, by the way, and, and you see this in the psalms, joy is the response to a loving and a faithful God. Amen. How many know God is faithful? And God is loving. And when you start to live in that revelation of who he is, it should evoke a response from you. And one of the responses that, that it should evoke from you is the response of joy. So joy is found in our salvation. Amen. Joy shows up in our worship. Does it not? Listen, I'm happy to this. I will never pastor a quiet church. Somebody say, it gets loud in here. Amen. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. I make no excuses for it. Joy to the Lord. Make a, joy, make a joyful, listen, you ever been around, how many of y'all have kids or had kids, and they're squealing and having fun and running around, and they're laughing and making it loud, and you're just like, what in the world? You know, they're driving me crazy. They're just making a joyful noise of the happiness of their youth. And there ain't nothing quiet about it. Is that right? The Bible says, the Psalms, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. There's not going to be much quiet about that. Now, understand something. Um, the, you know, being an extrovert is not a fruit of the Spirit. How, how many of you are reserved in nature? I'm, I'm, my personality is like that. I'm more reserved than I'm allowed. So it's not that you have to become an extrovert to be a, a good Christian. Nor does it mean the loudest person in the room is the most saved person. Don't think that. Sometimes charismatic circles, we think that stuff. That's not true either. But yet, when we serve a, a loving and a faithful God, a joyful expression will, will be a part of who we are regardless of our personality. That doesn't mean you've got to try to jump and swing from our chandeliers. But what it means is a joyful noise to the Lord. And it shows up in uh, expressions of our humanity. Amen? So I think I wrote some of those down. Um, there, in, the, in the Psalms, you find shouting. In the Psalms, you find clapping. In the Psalms, you, you find crying out. In the Psalms, you find crying. In the Psalms, you find words like bursting forth, resounding, exulting. These are all connected to joy because of who God is and what he is up to. Now, again, there, there are times of quiet reflection with him. There, there are times of, of, of the stillness of worship. But, but yet, also, there is the clapping of hands, there's the shouting, there's the dancing before the Lord. And we find these things in the Psalms, because the Psalms, again, cover the full range of human emotion. Now, Christianity is not emotionalism. It's, it's not about keeping up the appearance of emotion. If you try to do that, you'll burn yourself out. 
Amen? But yet, because we're emotional creatures that serve the God who has emotions, does he not? Is God love? Yep. Now, that's faithfulness as much as emotion. Does God ever get angry? Yep. Is God a jealous God after his people? Yep. A God who has emotions himself made us creatures with emotions. Don't you think at times he'll touch our emotions and there'll be a response that is emotional? So how many of y'all have ever cried out before the Lord? How many of y'all have ever cried before the Lord? Shouted? And y'all bust out and danced? Okay, that's all good and dandy. As long as you're not doing it, this be a show. A genuine, listen, I am all for whatever the expression is, as long as it's a genuine expression. I don't judge nobody's expression, whatever it is. Now, as a pastor of a church, if I think somebody's trying to be showy, then I'll be saying, hey, let's have a conversation. You see what I'm saying? But, but when, when you're, you're having a, a moment with the Lord or moments with the Lord that, that, that there's an expression coming out of you, and come on now. This is, this is you and God. Now, I'll t- tell you how you know if you just do it for show. You ready? If the only ever time you ever do is in front of people, but never when you're by yourself in worship, that gives you a good indicator about your heart. Because God can touch my heart and emotionally as much as when I'm alone with him in worship as when I'm here in church in front of people. You see what I'm saying? And you should have worship with the Lord by yourself. And you learn these things, amen? But there is a joyful response, and we see this in the Psalms. So let's, let's look at some of them. So uh, Psalm chapter 47, verse 1 and 2. Psalm chapter 47, verse 1 and 2. So so this is an example of sort of a, a summons and a reason for the joy. So it says, verse number 1, clap your hands. All ye people, shout to God with loud songs of joy. Clap your hands. A loud song. Now, I guarantee all the people that are participating in this loud song, not all of them can sing that well. This wasn't just directed to the choir. Amen. That's why we turn our volume up a little bit. That way you hear these guys and not all us. Amen. Thank the Lord for that. But... Clap your hands. But, but why are we, we doing this? Verse 2. For the Lord the Most High is to be feared a great king over all the earth. That's why. When you start to see that God, he is the Most High. He is to be feared. He is actually the great king of all the earth. The response is clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God. Loud songs to him. There is a response to who he is. Amen? Here's, here's another one. Kind of reverses what we just did. So Psalm 27. Let's see in verse 5 and 6. So that one, the, the, the rejoicing was first and the reason why was second. This one jumps it, switches it up. Psalm 27, verse number 5. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. And he will conceal me under the cover of his tent. And he will lift me high upon a rock. And my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I'll offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Amen. So this is what God is going to do. And here's my response. So the first one is, my, I'm joyful, and this is why, but now I, it just flips it around. This, this is uh, what God is going to do, and here's my response to it. So in other words, again, joyfulness is a response in understanding who God is and what he's up to. If you always remember the big picture of redemption, you always have a reason to be joyful. Amen? Even in the midst of sorrow. 
you know, you know, what you find in the Psalms sometimes when you read them is you have different emotions side by side working together in the Psalms. So here's an example of that. Psalm uh, 42. Psalm 42. I think we're just going to read this psalm. It's just, uh, it's just a few verses here. Let's, let's read this one. Psalm 42, verse number 1. As a deer pants for the flowing stream, so, my, so pants my soul for you, O God. How many of y'all are old enough to remember the song we sing in church on that one? Okay. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before my God? Now watch this. My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? Remember, the Psalms cover the wide range of human emotion, right? Verse 4, and these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I go with the throng and lead them into possession to the house of God. Let's see. I jumped my page. Hold on. There we go. With glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Now watch this, verse 5. Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you in turmoil in me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. You see that? Why are you downcast my soul? Why are you grieved within me, but yet I'm going to praise him? In the midst of sorrow comes a praise anyway. See, the Psalms, te- the Psalms teach us that this is possible. Let's keep reading. That phrase gets repeated a little bit. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and Hermon, from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All the breakers in your waves have gone over me. By the commands of his steadfast love and at night his songs is with me. A prayer to God of my life. I say to my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go on mourning because of the depression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? So why are you cast down, oh my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? But hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. So the writer of this psalm is in a lot of turmoil. I would call that, the writer of his song was probably depressed. Think about it. Why, why is my soul downcast? Why is there turmoil within me? But yet because the psalmist understands the big picture of God and his redemption. But yet even in the midst of my turmoil, I'm going to praise him. And that joy is going gonna, gonna to come, 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 come. It's going gonna, it's gonna to push. It's going to help me in the moment of my sorrow. So what, what, what happens often when you get to that place of why you downcast all my soul? You have a tendency to shut everything out and detach. And the last thing you want to do is just bust out and say, well, I'm going to praise God anyways. But the psalmist teaches us that is possible. Because Even in in the downcast soul, this big picture of who God is and what redemption is about, what he is up to, outshines it all. Therefore, I always have hope. And hope is something you grab onto when your soul is downcast, right? And that hope causes you to say, yep, you know what? Today, I feel like garbage in my heart. And you're being self-critical. You're putting, you, you know, I'm not calling you that, but you call yourself that. How many know what I'm talking about? But you say, but you know what? But yet I will praise him, my Lord and my God. See, see it, helps, it helps you come on through, you know? So joy is a response to God even in our most troubled moments. You, you know, by the way, the Psalms tell us, that creation worships in joy to God. You know that? Here's a couple of them. Psalm 65, 12 and 13. 
Psalm 65, 12 and 13. The pastures of the wilderness, they overflow. The hills gird themselves with what? Joy. The meadows close themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout and sing together for joy. Psalm 96, verse 11 and 12. There, there's a few of them, but we'll just do one more. Psalm 96, 11 and 12. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exalt and everything in it. Then shall all the trees in the four of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes. And he comes to judge the earth, and he will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Amen. So we have a creation that is groaning for his return. You know that? And all the while, the rhythm of his, his creation worships him. It invites you to join in. Right? And, and, and however that works, how much of a metaphor that is, whatever. But if creation can sing and worship and be enjoyed to the Lord, my goodness, how about us that have a voice and hands to clap and feet to dance? Right? The attitude of our hearts that we should be people who are joyful. In response, simply who he is. So Psalm 150 is the very last psalm. It's a short psalm. So if you were to read the psalms, if you start on January 1 and you end up on the 150th day of the year, whatever month that is, and you land on Psalm 150 before you turn it over and start number one again, here's what it says. There we go. It says, praise the Lord and praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the trumpet. Praise him with the loop and harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dance. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. Praise him with the loud, the loud crashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. And here the, yeah, thank you, Johnny. Johnny says, see, I'm allowed. That's what he's saying. I'm allowed. That we would live in this. Amen. You imagine a life that is captured in the joy of the Lord, even in your worst times? A life that, that's responding with, with the resounding whatever you have to give? Look, I, I can't play an instrument, but I got a voice, right? I, I, can't, I can't play like these guys, but I got hands that can clap. I can't, I can't grab that mic and sing. I mean, I could, but you don't want me to. But I have feet that can move, right? I do have a voice to, to ex exclaim him and exalt in his name. Why would I do that? How many all are saved? Oh, my goodness. What more do you need? He has forgiven you of your sins. And he, not only that, he has set you free from your sins. And beyond that, he gives you hope of a life to come when all the, 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 the turmoil of this world is going to pass away. And we will dwell with him forever. Why would we not praise him? You know? Why would we not take time to praise him when we come together? We, we are the gathering of the saints of God, the community of people who have been forgiven and believe. Amen. Why would we not do that? So, so when you have, you have somebody wandering the church, that's normally not a part of this thing, 
I tell you what, I'm not sure what people really look for, but I don't think anybody's looking for something that sounds like, you know, almost like a graveyard in here. Scared to make a noise, get thrown out, you know what I'm saying? And nobody's looking for that. Pe people, people understand celebration, even if they don't quite get why you're celebrating. Right? When people go out, they want to have a good time. People like to party, they go clubbing, they do all, why? They're much quiet about all that. Hey, you know what? The celebration of the things of God came before the shadow of what man tries to do with those things, you know that? Celebration belongs to God, not the world. The world mimics our celebration in God. And when they come in, in, in our imperfection, understand, but we're celebrating our God together, there's something attractive about that. These people have a reason to be a little loud. Well, they might be a little crazy, but they have a reason. They've been set free. And there is an expression of their freeness that comes with it. And by the way, not just when we're here. You're allowed to be joyful when you're by yourself, too. So I say these things, some people, I gotta be joyful when I go to that church or pastor's gonna be looking at us wondering why we're quiet. <laughs> then, we, then, we start, then we start pretending, then we fake. I'm not looking for your fake. You express as you need to. But, but be expressive when you're by yourself. Be joyful when you're by yourself. Be joyful when you interact with people and talk to people. Smile. You have a reason. You, look. I'm all for you, you standing up for all the stuff you believe in, but, but your job is not to go be angry at the world. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. The fruit of the Spirit is love, and then what? Joy. And the fruit of the Spirit has to do with who? Not you. It's a, it has to do with other people. Now, when they see... So there, there's a story. Um, the church that... We met at, I was there as a teenager, and I interned there, and her dad came to work there. We met at, there's a church in, in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. There was a couple in that church at that time that had a car, and on their license plate it said, joy to, the number two, and the letter U, joy to you. It must have been joyful people, put it on their license plate. They literally were driving to church, and I don't know how far they had to drive, but the person driving said, I think this person's following us. You know how you, get, you think you're in a movie, like, you know, but they're out to get you. But literally, well, we'll really find out if we're going to church, right? They pulled in the church parking lot. This person pulled in behind them and parked next to them. They thought, uh-oh. They're thinking confrontation. Did I, did I cut them off by accident? They got out of the car, and the person got out, and they said, can I help you? And they said, well, based on your license plate, I had to know where you are going to church because I need to get around people like that joy to you, that we will make a joyful noise, not only to the Lord, but then you see what that does and how you live your life. You can't, you can't be with God in a certain way and then really go and live another way. Am I right? If you really are in an understanding of who God is and what he's up to and what he's done for me, whatever your personality is, joy will have its way and come through. And then that's the state of who you are. Then when you're out there at McDonald's and, well, don't go to McDonald's, Walmart or what's a better restaurant? I don't know. But go wherever. And wherever you are, joy will kind of be a part of who you are. And people will see that. Right? And it's an expression. Why are you kind of happy most of the time? Well, I know this sounds silly, but because... Man, God is just so good. What are you talking about? Oh, man. And, and the lizard just got in the palace. You know what I'm saying? When they ask questions like that, it's an old saying, the lizard got in the palace. Man, the lizard's in there, and, and it's, it's ready to do what nobody thought was possible. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. And you, you, have, you have a testimony to share. You, you, you know, Peter writes, always be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have. 
and do with gentleness and respect. That's what he says. He writes that. But, but why would anybody want to know the reason for the hope that you have? Why would anybody care? Why would anybody ask? Well, it's just something about you. It's a little bit different. I think, I think a lot of times it has to do with joy. In the midst of this crazy world where everything's just, whatever's going on, that we can still say, okay, but God is still God, and he still saved my soul, and he's forgiven me of my sins, and I've been set free from my sins, and there, there is an eternity that is coming, uh, it, it's going to be all right. Matter of fact, I'm actually going to be joyful today. Who'd have thought? Amen. So let's, let's be people of joy. The Psalms, if you read them, it'll teach you. You, you constantly run into something about clapping your hands or shouting. It's, it's just all, all through there. Constant reminder about the joyfulness of who we are supposed to be. Amen? All right, let's pray. Lord, Lord, help us that that fruit of the Spirit will, of joy will grow. Will grow in us, and it's a fruit of our lives that they will know us by our fruit, Lord, and, and that they see that. Lord, it's not a fake, fake smile, not a fake expression, but a genuine response simply because of who you are. For what you have done, what you are doing now, and what we believe in our faith that you're going to do. And we live in it. That we are people who make a joyful noise unto the Lord in all the areas of our life. For you are our God and you are our Savior and we worship you. For your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, love people on the way out. We'll see you Sunday. Keep on with our Advent Christmas series. Be blessed as you go tonight.